Welcome back to the All Personal Podcast, where we turn the good old saying, nothing personal, just business, upside down, and prove how, in fact, it's all personal, nothing is just business. Because it's how we use our personal skills every day that makes us happy, both at home and at work. And today, we're talking about a lot of skills muscles with my guest, Oscar Cecenia. Born and raised in Mexico City as the great-grandson of a Japanese immigrant, Oscar followed his ancestors' example, and he migrated to Toronto with his wife in 2013, pursuing their dream of living in Canada. With an engineering degree and over two decades of international experience in software, he works as a senior director of client onboarding for a fintech company. Oscar also hosts the Immigrants of Toronto podcast every week. And he started the podcast to create a platform where immigrants could share their stories as he believes that every journey that takes a person from one country to another is worth telling. As you'll hear him say in our interview, his goal is to show people that immigrants are basically normal people that just were born miles away. Oscar also spends his time writing as it's his preferred way to channel his creativity. And you will be hearing him talk about how creativity to him was a choice since he was a kid and how he discovered his math skills, how he discovered his artistic side, how he played in a band and wrote songs as a teenager, how he discovered his passion for photography and also then for public speaking and how that helped him, especially in client-facing roles. He is taking us on a journey, his journey, from a software developer to an entrepreneur and then moving to Canada and starting a new life and discovering new skills. Ready? Oscar, welcome to the All Personal Podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. I am so happy that we we can do this because we've met a while back, yeah. and um, I told you about the, the the podcast some some time ago, and you were intrigued about it. So I'm happy to <laughs> yeah. have you here as a guest. <laughs> so, okay, can you? Just just in short, for our audience today, just describe a little bit what your journey has been so far from a professional perspective. My journey from a professional perspective, that's mm -hmm. an interesting that's an interesting question because if I go back to my when I, when I was young, I, uh, I finished high school, then I started working as an assistant photographer for for a renowned photographer in Mexico. Mm -hmm. And uh, at that time, I wanted to be a photographer. I wanted to be a creative person. I wanted to do all that. Then after a year, a year and a half that I decided to go to university, 
because I took a couple of years between high school and university, I went mm -hmm. into software engineering, which is mm -hmm. totally different if you think about <laughs> it. It, yeah. it, it, it. It was my, my uh, I mean, in the end, I think it was a good choice because I love software. I love I love computers. I love all that. So, mm -hmm. and it's it's what I'm I still do at this time. So, mm -hmm. right now, what I what I do is, well, after that, I became I became a software developer. Then I became a, a software project manager. Then, at some point, my wife and I decided to move to Canada, and mm -hmm. then we arrived here. And well, you know, as, as an immigrant, it's a little dif different. The I would say the journey turns to turns yeah. to be a little different because you come here with where nobody knows who you are, you have yeah. no connections, you have no idea how to look for a job, those kind of things. So at the beginning, I came here, I came here to study. That was the easiest way to move out of Mexico, who was our, our main goal. I mm -hmm. I worked for around a year in human resources. Uh, but I didn't like it, even though my 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 postgraduate from at here at, at George Brown is uh, is in human resources. I uh -huh. didn't really enjoy the the human resources part, so I went back to software. And fortunately, like four years ago, I I went back as a software project manager, and then I started growing the company where I'm now, and uh, I'm really happy. I'm still doing software. I'm assuming my my career choice at the time when I was 19, 20 was, was okay because I still like it. But yeah, that's but kind yeah. of my, my journey in a, a super high level. <laughs> super high. Yeah, that's interesting because, you know, started, you know, starting from a photographer uh, or aspiring one. Yeah. Um, it's, it's funny how you then went to software development. I know, I know. It's like, it's like, uh, totally uh, opposite sides of the coin i mean i still do photography yeah. but i do it in a in a i would say more like an enthusiast way more than actually uh -huh. a career does it have any did, did it help you i don't know did it help you that you studied photography before you started to work in software development um I would say no. no. <laughs> I think so. They have me, absolutely nothing to do. Nothing to do with yeah, each other. No, no, no. I think mm -hmm. what it helped me was the creative part. I always been mm -hmm. a very creative person, and I think that's what I needed. Because if you think about software, in the very sense, it's just coding. But if you're yeah. actually creating something, so mm -hmm. at least that's in school or when I when I was working as a developer. I was a very creative developer. I took risks. I did some things that I that weren't like part of the standard by the book approach. So yeah. I think it helped me in the sense of being creative, allowing myself to be creative more than actually helping me in my career. Uh -huh. Allow myself to be creative. That yeah. sounds so great. Because I think, <laughs> I mean, really, because it's. Um... I don't, I don't know how often we actually allow ourselves to be creative. Mm -hmm. I mean, especially on the job, if you think about it. Um, and especially when it comes to jobs that are very technical. Yeah. We don't necessarily associate a technical job with creative skills, right? right. Or with creativity as a skill. Yeah. So, no, but I think yeah. in that sense, it helped me also to grow in my field because I have some skills that most people don't have. As you say, most people in this field, in software field, mm -hmm. 
are most mostly technical and not creative. So I think I had that that edge that helped me. So mm. it might actually help. Like I would say, I would say that uh, I've never used the photo for anything for work. So I would mm-hmm. say it doesn't help directly, but I would say it helps indirectly. Indirectly, yeah. So um, how does it how does it feel to be um, creative? Uh, person in your field does it make you feel like um, I don't know you have a competitive edge or does it make you feel like you're the odd one out no I think it's the first one I think I have a competitive mm. edge yeah mm-hmm. and, and I try to use it in a creative way to solve problems those kind of things so mm-hmm. even even small things like uh, when I meet with clients the way I do a PowerPoint for a presentation I, I try to make it look good so so it it actually so in the end what the mm-hmm. client sees is if it's a good presentation they don't remember the presentation but if it's a bad presentation they're gonna remember like oh the <laughs> for it, sure it, exactly it was like <laughs> oh there was a lot of text in that in that slide those kind of things so i try i try to people not to remember that so i would say yeah. in that sense it helps mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's um it's a choice right it's a it's choice a cho- that you make to yeah. to use that skill Right. Mm. Um, did you always consider yourself to be a creative person? I did, yeah. I think um, everything started when I was a little kid because my mom at that time, she used to paint a lot. She used to be a painter. Uh, so mm. I wanted to do what my mom was doing. So I started painting. Uh, I was never that good. Like, she's really, really good. I was never that good. But it actually helped me to, I don't know, to channel some of the energy into creativity and then after that well i think i was always a creative person i started playing the drums so i had a band and we uh-huh. i used to write my songs and we used to do that i think in the end we we wrote around maybe 20 25 songs oh. so yeah that was in high school so did you yeah. give any concerts did you organize any yeah yeah we did we had some we, wow. we had <laughs> we had did some gigs with, <laughs> i did have fans but <laughs> it was like mostly friends or people around my age and as soon as mm-hmm. i started university i didn't have time to continue playing so mm-hmm. I, I stopped doing that but uh-huh. uh, yeah it was a i would say and um, if you think about it in my early stage of life i did some painting some um those kind of things that my mom used to do. Then I turned into music for for a while. I think I started uh, learning how to play the drums and, and create music when I was 13, 14 maybe. And I stopped doing that when I was like 20, 21. Uh-huh. And then I, for a while I focused mostly on my career. So I think I, I played from time to time. I still had my friends were the people who I had a band with. But we we met i don't know maybe once a month we played the old songs we had fun and then and then we just went back to our normal life so listening to you is like i don't know i can picture all of these bits and pieces that you just described (laughs) um and i'm looking at okay i oscar when he was in high school and he had a band and and he was playing (laughs) music had some songs um painted and all of that kind of stuff so all of this creative like artistic not just creative artistic environment that you were brought up in um and then 
I mean, the, the photography decision there is not necessarily surprising, <laughs> right? Coming from this artistic right. background. Right. But then what happened? <laughs> what was the switch that brought you to software development? What did you see there? Um, I wanted to, when I actually chose uh, this that path, I wanted to uh, be a video game developer. So I wanted to create video games. Uh -huh. Okay. All right. I wanted to do uh -huh. all that. I wanted to, and at the time, I'm talking about um, early 2000, maybe 2001, when I started mm -hmm. my career, my uh, my degree in the in university. Mm -hmm. I think at that time, I mean, video games weren't weren't as uh, complex as uh, as they are right now. The dirt was still complex, but it was not the huge industry that is 20 years later. So at that time mm -hmm. I thought like, oh, okay, I can, I can draw, I don't know, a little character and I can draw a dragon and I can make them fight. So I started doing that for school only, but then I think life happened and I, and I started to, I, I had to, to focus on my job. I started to focus mm -hmm. on uh, earning money, those kind of things. So mm -hmm. I left that dream of creating video games behind and I just uh, and just focus on what was important at the moment. Right. Uh-huh. So and it was suddenly you saw a different priority. Yeah. Yeah. At that time it was to I, I I needed to focus on 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 life at the time, I would say. Uh -huh. So that happened yeah. for a, quite a few years and uh but then I started writing a little bit. So <laughs> It's okay. uh, it's uh, it's another path I did. It's uh, and but in that and I think that relates also to my years in high school and in junior high school, when I, I used to play Dungeons and Dragons as well. So okay, <laughs> and, <laughs> like everyone was doing at that yeah, time yeah. for most people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so and I used to be the dungeon master, so I love to create stories for my friends because, mm -hmm. like, okay, you have I don't know, we have a wizard of warrior, whatever you were playing. I'm gonna create a story for you. So I used to spend hours and hours after school, after doing, um, I would say doing homework, but I try to avoid that. <laughs> I, I focus Didn't on. We all come yeah, on. I know, I know. I know. <laughs> And yeah, and I started just creating stories. I started writing them. I started, but it was mostly for for my friends to play. It was the idea was, hey, let's uh, let's have fun. I'm gonna tell you a story. You play through the story, and then we finish. That was kind of the idea. I never thought about writing in a in in a formal way. It was more like, yeah. oh, okay, let's play a story. Let's yeah. see how it goes. Mm -hmm. But it's um, uh, for me. It's also encouraging, <laughs> you know, to hear you say that you started writing stories because you were playing Dungeons and Dragons. Right. <laughs> uh, I mean, <laughs> right. It's here's an impact <laughs> that technology can have mm -hmm. on a, a teenager or on a young person, yeah. right? And it's the other. It doesn't have to be bad because we blame technology so many times for all of the books that we're not reading anymore or for all of the stories that we're not writing anymore. Right. Um, and you started to write stories <laughs> because of it, right? So it's not, it's a choice. Again, we go back to the choice. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I, I see sometimes people my age that have kids and uh, and they are like, oh, they, they play too many video games, those kind of things. And I was like, well, 
it actually it's cool because it's a story itself you can you you can you can take i mean i agree if if your kid is playing 12 hours a day yeah you have to do something but if it's playing i don't know just a few hours a day and it's immersed in the story all that i think it could be good and as you said it's how you choose to use it and what you do with it I mean, you could have totally chosen not to do anything creative and just go yeah. with your job and this is it. But it's, again, it's a choice of using using those skills muscles because that's what we are... <laughs> what, that's, that's the focus of the discussion. <laughs> but um, it's also, you know, it's the choice that you make. Yeah. Um, I have these skills muscles um that are really good for me mm-hmm. and i might want to use them on different occasions it, they i don't have to only use them on set occasions right i can use them any other time yeah. that i choose to use them right right so apart from this artistic um side <laughs> of yours apart from your creativity but we'll go back to to that because i have some more questions about okay. it okay but so this was a, a strong skill muscle that you had, right? Mm-hmm. And that you still have. Mm-hmm. Um, what what is another skill that helped you all along mm. uh, this path so far? Uh, I would say a skill. Well, I think one was my my well my skills with math. That this is one thing. That was the reason. I was a very I really liked the mm-hmm. uh, math and the hard sciences, so that's why I chose uh, engineering. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think that's uh, well, I I think that's kind of my primary skill because I'm a very mm-hmm. um, I would say logical person. So so that was one. The creativity for sure complemented that in a really good way. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and it's not the usual combination that people get. Yeah, no, no, it's it's not 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 at all. No. But it's uh, it's funny because when when I think about that, I I'm not an Apple fan. I actually don't like Apple products in in the sense. But one of the things I always liked about Apple is that they don't have the best product, but it looks so good that people think it's the best. And sometimes you have to do that. Sometimes with uh, with software, you have a good product, but it might not be the best. But if you make it look good, then you can get a you can get an advantage. Yeah. So that exactly. Yeah. So that's one of the things that fascinates me about Apple, and uh, uh-huh. and even though I'm not an Apple fan, I yeah. I every time that I approach something, I approach it that way. If you make it pretty, uh-huh. people are gonna maybe miss some of the flaws that you might have. So, so yeah. that's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So I would say, yeah. you know what? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. I was <laughs> just gonna Go say one, one last thing. One last thing is what I was gonna yes. say is that. Even, even, even um, when I was a, a developer, when I was even even in, in university and I had to develop something for a class, I spent more time making it pretty than making it, making it perfectly uh, flawless. So, and I remember my my grades were good not because it was the best coded piece, because it was the prettiest one, <laughs> kind of like that. So. And as you can say, I wasn't that, the best yeah. software developer, so that's why I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I 
but it's that, that's a lot uh, behind that and I I agree with what you said and it's but I think it's also more it's also because it's not just pretty behind that pretty <laughs> side yeah. it, there's a lot of work it is because you think as you said when we when when you mentioned um, right now how you use your creativity to create the slides for your client meetings, right? Mm -hmm. And it's it's all about how we say what we say. It's all about how we pass that information to an audience that might not be as technical as we are yeah. and who couldn't care less about the 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 very specific technical flaws behind my product right but who and i want them to understand what my product can do for them and how they can use the that that particular product for for their own benefit in their in their daily life yeah and it's the difference between passing on information um technically just give them the manual and see <laughs> how how many people are going to buy it right. or deliver a presentation that you worked hours and hours to design and which is very helpful to them yeah. to understand what's what's going on right. and why they would be buying that right, right. yeah, yeah. Mm. So yeah, I agree with the the, the pretty part. It's, um, <laughs> it's a lot of work, and as you said, if if they experience a bad presentation, they will definitely remember it, mm -hmm. uh, and they will know you you did not prepare. If they see a good presentation, they will just say, "Oh, he or she's a natural. Look right. how, how what a good presenter right, they are." Right. But about your your math. And um, as you said, hard hard sciences. Apart from the homework that you were trying to avoid in school, <laughs> did you always like that, or were was there any point when you said, "Oh, I'm good at math"? This is one particular time when you realize, "Ah, oh, I'm good at this, and I like it." Well, not. I think I always liked it, and I was I was always good at it. I, my mom tells a story that when I was. Uh, I think I was four years old, something like that. I was, I had a small um, encyclopedia for kids mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. I was reading something there and I asked my mom like, hey, what is a division? And my mom, I think she was busy or something. It's like, I'm going to go and look in your encyclopedia. And she says that for like an hour she didn't hear about me. And then she got curious, like, well, maybe, maybe the kid is dead. And <laughs> I wasn't dead. I was just there reading. And then I turned to my mom. It's like, I understand now. And I do remember that little book. It was uh, if you, something like, if you had four apples and you have two people, how many apples everybody gets, those kind of things. Uh -huh. But if you think about right. it, you learn how to divide in school when yeah. you're like 10 years old. And somehow I learned when I was four just by reading one book. And I think it was because mm -hmm. my mind was very logical at the time. So, mm -hmm. and, and always, even, even since I was in, um, in, in elementary school, I thought that my path was going to be something related to math. 
I didn't know what. My my dad is an economist, so I thought like, oh, my dad is good at math. He is an economist. I'm gonna be an economist. Mm-hmm. That was kind of the train of thought for a six year old. So, <laughs> but uh, then then I discovered video games and I discovered computers and it just got fascinating. Right. Because mm-hmm. it and it, it was also uh, an opportunity to to blend your creativity and your logical side. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. It was my idea of oh, okay, I can write a story, I can draw the little characters, and I can code something so can make them move and do something so yeah yeah okay so we have your creativity we have your logical uh your logical mind Mm -hmm. uh that helped you and that actually um tailored forged this this path or helped you forge this path for yourself are there any um any skills that you would have appreciated mm. <laughs> at some point and that you thought mm, i don't i don't have this and i wish i did well i wish i was good with money <laughs> because i'm not <laughs> uh, so the economist yeah, the, the economist part yeah yeah that's <laughs> yeah yeah that's a, that's one thing um uh-huh. but uh, let me think you know what the thing what happens is that mm-hmm. usually what I uh, it's uh, it's a little funny because every time that I switch to a different role in in my professional life I try to acquire mm-hmm. those skills and um, one example is I was a software developer for a while yeah then I decided that I was good enough to make uh, to found my own company so I did that with a friend and it didn't mm-hmm. go well because you had two developers running a small company and it, you could be the best developer. That doesn't mean that you're going to be good running the company. So as you can imagine, we went bankrupt in a couple of years. So mm-hmm. at that time, I, it, it actually, I felt that I couldn't be a developer anymore, not because I wasn't good or I was frustrated because I was I was frustrated I was sad I was uh, I was depressed yeah. at the time mm-hmm. it was mostly because I felt that I was totally out of date because those two mm-hmm. years that I spent in, my, in the company with my friend he became the most senior developer he was taking care of the um, of the product itself that we were building and I was in charge of getting new clients on getting uh like all the administrative part, like a sales yeah. plus managing mm-hmm. the, the money and all that. So I was doing that. So for two years, I didn't code anything. So when the company failed, I was like, what am I going to do now? I have no idea what to do. Mm-hmm. And my mm-hmm. friend said, you know what? You should become a project manager. You're very good at that. Like, okay, are you sure? Because we just went back bankrupt, right? <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> And uh, he suggested that, and I decided, okay, let's try that. I started working, well, I started like, learning how to be a project manager, learning some uh, organizational skills, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And after a couple of years, I became a project manager, and uh, that's kind of still what I'm doing right now. I'm doing a little, I'm doing mm-hmm. right, a less of project management, but mm-hmm. uh, now I do a little more about sales and those kind of things. So I think every time that I, I'm, missing a skill or if my path is gonna 
take me to do something. I just need to learn it. So, mm-hmm. um, well, yeah. I mean, it's here's a like what I hear is a great example of how you can go bankrupt, but then still learn a lot from that experience and use the stuff that you've learned to move even further in your career and maybe add something some new skills on top of the skills that you've learned yeah. uh, during those two years and then here's the the career change yeah it wasn't easy it was uh, it was a yeah. i think it was one of the toughest parts of my life if you think mm-hmm. about it when when was this um it uh, we started in 2006 in mm-hmm. the 2007 sorry and uh, we okay. went uh, we closed business on 2009 mm-hmm. i mean at the time i was still in mexico so at the time the economy in mexico was also not very good and mm. i wanted yeah. to blame the economy and i wanted to blame that but i think it was a lot uh, the bad decisions we made as as, as i mm-hmm. said you put two developers to run a company there's going to be yeah. some issues <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, yeah because yeah they don't have necessarily the right skills yeah. in place to to run it and make it profitable yeah exactly i mean we were good our product was good but that Mm -hmm. was it (laughs) yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh interesting yeah Yeah, the product was good but yeah (laughs) it wasn't pretty though it was pretty it was pretty (laughs) (laughs) it was pretty (laughs) but the problem was that we didn't know how to sell it we 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 Um, lacked connections Uh, one of the things that you learn as a salesman is you need to have connections so if you don't have Mm -hmm. them then it's going to take you it's gonna it's gonna be harder yeah exactly yeah it is you need your network in place okay and that actually brings us back to um when you mentioned that you and your wife moved to canada Mm -hmm. from mexico and how difficult that was from again getting the job perspective Uh, because again you didn't have the network right yeah i didn't um Mm. i think it was i'm not gonna say it was easy because it wasn't but it wasn't as bad as sometimes i hear and uh, Mm. i think it it a lot so what i'm gonna say is that i'm a very positive person so yeah uh if one of the the things I like is if you if you if something happens, just try to figure out what's going on and uh, mm-hmm. and continue. What can you have to continue with your life? So when we moved here, I I came to study a postgraduate degree on mm-hmm. human resources that I ended up not using because it's it's not, not my field. Yeah. I mean, I like I think it was good. I think it was good to to meet new people to. Because I really met really nice people yeah. and good friends there, so that. But what? Just just a short um, um, <laughs> digression. Yeah, uh, yeah. Why why did you choose human resources? Um, I think there was a couple of things. One, we were thinking about something to study that actually could help in my career, mm-hmm. and we thought like, well, you have been doing technical things all your life. You've been a developer, project manager, like very focused on on the software on the product all that why, and my wife suggested mm-hmm. I was like why don't you focus on something that is not technical but it's actually people mm-hmm. 
So it was mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And uh, we found that one and uh, George Brown was like, okay, let's do that. And the second reason was it was cheaper than the other ones that I was looking at. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if you think about it, coming from a third world country like Mexico with certain yeah. amount of money that is good in Mexico, yeah. but it's when you do the exchange rate, it just goes like, what? Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, so, it's not that much it's, here. It's not that much. <laughs> yes. So. And I had to pay fees as uh, an international student, so mm-hmm. it's more expensive than yeah. than uh, yeah. a permanent resident or a citizen. Yeah. So that was the second reason. Mm-hmm. But, okay. Yeah. And then you ended up not using it well, at all. I used it. But is is there like exactly? I mean, is there something that you took from it? I don't know. Oh, some, yeah. some information. Some some background some skills that you took from it and could apply oh, yeah, absolutely in your job. I, I feel that anything you learn in your life anything could be mm. like anything you want it's gonna have some some impact and some use later so in this yeah. case i no I, I actually used a lot because right now i'm a i'm a director so i will still do project management but not as much as i used to do so now it's i'm more in charge of managing people, which actually the human mm-hmm. resources side help. So yeah. even though I don't do human resources, I don't work in the human resources department, mm-hmm. I use a lot of those, like think about uh, like yeah. uh, interviewing people, recruiting, mm-hmm. making sure that you're getting the right person for your team, those kind of things mm-hmm. that I learned there. I learned the theory there. Because be- yeah, before exactly. I used to hire people that I liked, the problem with that mm-hmm. is I ended up hi- hiring my friends. So yeah. you, when you have a team, you need, you need people from all, all perspectives. Everybody has to, yeah. you have to have a healthy disagreement in your team. So mm-hmm. I never had that because I didn't know that piece. So there was a lot of things that I learned. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's that bias yeah. that we're, you know, we're, we like people people who are like us yes. so it's it's easy to you know make that make that mistake mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know hire them because you like right them. <laughs> not necessarily because they're the best choice and maybe they do have the skills but it's it's also the background as you say the background the culture the perspective that they bring mm-hmm. you need different perspectives so you can make good decisions yeah yeah mm. So you actually used it. I did. You are I did use it. it. It's just I, I'm, <laughs> I. What I meant is that is I, is I don't really work in a human resources yeah. position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think you know what I think. Uh, all managers should have some some kind of human resources yes. Um, yes. background or training or something because it's not easy to put together a team. To, to build it and to develop it and to take it to where you want it to be. Mm-hmm. And it's also not easy to... And a lot of people, they don't know how to do that. There are people who are promoted to manager and nobody taught them how to manage a team. Right. And here they are managing their former peers. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. They have no clue what to do. And that's... Yeah. So... There you go. Yeah. The human resources side of anything. Yeah. No, I think um, I think it was a good choice. I think it was a, a yeah. smart move doing that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what is um, 
how how did this move to to Canada um, change your perspective, or what other skills are did you discover in in this process of transition and accommodation here? I think one that I used to have and I used to like, but I've never trained for it before, was uh, public speaking in that sense. Mm -hmm. uh, most of my career in Mexico before I started my company was in the back. So I, I was a developer, so sometimes it was like I got there at nine and I put my headphones mm -hmm. on, I'd take a break just to eat maybe, and then when when I ended something, I don't know, maybe six or seven at night because that it's, it was a different um, uh, work culture. So we in Mexico, it's more hours, yeah. but let's say let's say five. Um, I just plug uh, out my headphones and I leave, and I could I could go through the whole day without talking to anyone. And mm -hmm. I used to like that. Sometimes I do. Like mm -hmm. sometimes even at work, it's like I don't want to talk to anyone. Come on. But uh, I, I, I started realizing that I was good at talking to people. So mm -hmm. I started realizing that when I became a project manager, when I started, mm -hmm. because at, in the end, I mean, project management is a, it's a, it's a scale, it's a science, whatever you can say. But I think it, everything just relies on how you handle people. If people are yeah. willing to do you a favor for your project, mm -hmm. then you're yeah. on the other side. Mm -hmm. So those kind of things. So I started working on that. I started working on those skills. Um, then a few months ago, I I joined Toastmasters because it's like, well, I'm speaking publicly in a different language that is not the one I, I grew up speaking. Mm -hmm. So I need to get better at it. So I started doing it a, a few months ago. And uh, so far is one of those skills that I think I'm still developing. But I think in the I'm in the right path. Yeah, and what what made you? I don't know. Is is it just because you were speaking um, a different language and it wasn't your your native tongue and you wanted to improve that, or is it something more that you think you can use these public speaking skills for? Um, I think the main reason was because I became more client facing in my role. Uh -huh, okay. Like when, when I joined the company where I'm at, I joined as a project manager and I was client facing project manager, but not that much. Uh, yeah. Lately, I, I become the, every, every new client that we get goes through me. So I need to talk to people uh -huh. all the time. Like I usually have between, let's say 10, 12 hours a week of meetings with clients. So if I'm going to be speaking for 12 hours in a week, then I need to actually make sense. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was the reason why I decided, you know what? Okay, let's uh, mm -hmm. let's let's get into that and see right. how it goes. And and mm -hmm. from my point of view, those kind of skills like public speaking, because I have the basics uh, from from before. I think what I needed is the confidence of just going, put myself out there and start speaking in a different language and see how it goes. Mm -hmm. So I think that was that was kind of the reason why I decided to to start doing this. Mm -hmm. And it's also from what you're saying, it also seems to connect with uh, that idea of being able to present something differently yeah. 
that and and that would have more impact on the people you're presenting it to it's it's part of that package of maybe making things look pretty or sound pretty mm -hmm. that's actually helpful for the person on the other side of the table yeah if you think about like i'm going back to my apple example if you mm -hmm. if you go and look in youtube for any steve jobs presentation that's yeah. what he did like he was so mm -hmm. good at talking to people and if you see his yeah. presentation he have a huge huge screen in the back and they and he only yeah. put maybe one or two words and then yeah. a uh, photo of the iphone and mm -hmm. everything else was him talking exactly so yeah so yeah that's kind of or or the phone yeah with him yeah. showing the phone and what it can do yeah. it was a demo yeah exactly <laughs> But it yeah. was the, the I, whole yeah. the whole presentation was him, yeah. So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. It's um, it's funny that you mentioned it because it's one of those presentations that uh, I use in my presentation skills course whenever I deliver mm -hmm. it, and we we look at that presentation and we analyze it because it's so much there to look at. Right. It's so good. So yeah, it's so good, and even the way if you look at the way he used the dress. Yeah. It's the same combination, the same pattern, the same colors on the screen <laughs> as well as on him. Yeah. <laughs> Everything is, yeah. Um, okay, and I know, um, so you have, let's recap. Yeah. Go, coming back to artistic background, to writing, and then to... Um, talking to people, public speaking. How did you uh, come up with your idea for the uh, Immigrants of Toronto project? Because uh, <laughs> that's, that's another one. That's another one, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, it's very, and it's a very creative one. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad you asked about it. So I, I think maybe the beginning of the year or around the holidays like around christmas time i started thinking about something to help immigrants and the main reason is because i mean immigration has always been uh i would say um point for discussion to put mm -hmm. it plainly lately with everything that's happening in the united states i mean at the end united states is still the center of the western world so if something happens there, if you have a precedent like the one they have right now that mm -hmm. doesn't condemn white supremacism, uh, racism, xenophobia, then it automatically allows people to say, oh, so it's okay that I'm a racist. So mm -hmm. well, every, as, as, as soon as uh, uh, Trump rose to, to power, I was like, well, there's nothing I can do. I'm not a politic. I'm not a. I'm not a politician. I'm not. Mm -hmm. I'm not anything like that. I can actually influence anyone at this point. So what can I do? So I started thinking about what to do, and I ran a lot of ideas through my mind. And then one day I decided, and I remember just taking a shower, and I came out of the shower, and I told my wife, "I got it. I'm going to do a blog where I'm going to tell stories about immigration." And she's like, oh, that's pretty cool. Let's do it. So, <laughs> that's, uh, just, 
just uh, an, an intermezzo. It's again proof that some of the best ideas that we get are in the shower. Yeah. Well, <laughs> okay. If you think about it, it's a time where you're just by yourself. There's a yeah. Yeah, there's you. You need to think, and you're relaxed. And you're, relaxed yeah. you're relaxed. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. so that happened, and at the same time, I was taking a, a course of creative writing because going back to what I was doing before, I I always like to tell stories. So it's like, oh, I'm going to start writing. So I started taking a course of creative writing, and my idea, my original idea was, you know what, I'm going to grab stories from people, and and I'm going to create my own stories inspired in their journeys. That was the original idea. So that happened, I would say, maybe February, March, maybe. Yeah. And I started looking at that. I started interviewing people, and I started writing some things. And then I faced one thing that I didn't think was going to be an issue. I started sending the people, like, hey, this is the story that I wrote about inspiring you in your journey. Uh, mm -hmm. Let me know what you think. And most people start coming back like you know what that's not exactly the way it happened uh, can you please remove this could you please add that and I started getting really frustrated because it was like come on it's I'm just getting inspiration from your story but then I I thought about it the other way it's like well if someone was going to tell my story would I be okay if they make things up and mm -hmm. I decided maybe not maybe I actually need to change my approach and allow people to tell their stories and at the time some people have suggested already a podcast and actually, as you said at the beginning of the of the interview today you you mentioned your podcast and mm -hmm. i got curious about it and then a couple of other people said well you could do a podcast and then i was doing toastmasters at the same time and there's a couple of people there <clears throat> sorry that are taking toastmasters to to do their podcast so I was mm -hmm. like, well, let's try that. It's a, it's kind of a merge of what I want to do. Because in the end, my goal is to to show people that immigrants are basically normal people that just weren't were born miles away. That's it. Yeah. We all go through the same issues, same struggles, so that. So and then I thought Toronto is the best city. I'm living in the best city to do that project because it's so multicultural that I can actually go out, start walking, and I'm going to start listening to so many languages around it. And like, These people weren't born here. This is not English. Yeah, and yeah, that's, exactly. that's super cool. I like it. So so I thought, like, I'm in the city, you know, one of the most multicultural cities in the world. I'm in a country that actually embraces multiculturalism. And... I'm doing Toastmasters, I'm getting better at public speaking, so why not do a podcast? And if I, as soon as I start doing it, people are going to be able to tell their stories. They're, I'm going to remove that part that I was doing to interject, like make uh, their journey a story, a short story. It's not easy. If um, yeah, And then uh, that's, that's why I started doing the... The podcast, like I, I would say, I sacrificed yeah. the creative writing that I was trying to do, uh -huh. but I think it's a better way to do it because I'm actually telling yeah. their story, not my version yeah. of their of their story. Mm -hmm. You're you're facilitating that yeah. for them. Yeah. Okay. And as you, I mean, I think you know, first of all, immigration stories are so personal. They are. 
and but also I think you know it's interesting to to see the perspective of someone who just listened to that story and how they would present it with that story not being their story but just how they see it yeah it's um but it's true that you know giving people the the voice and the space to talk about their stories that that helps definitely so you basically transferred your writing skills to more of the public speaking skills <laughs> and <laughs> and interviews yeah <laughs> It's a, it's a, it's a really cool, like I've done, uh, eight interviews so far and mm -hmm. it's, uh, it, it's, it's interesting. Like one, one of the ones that I, I like is a, it's a guy, he was mm -hmm. born in Canada, but once he was, he was six months old, their family moved to Mexico. So he grew up as Mexican. So when he came here was like, okay, I have a Canadian passport. I don't have to go through all the uh, process of immigration. But then yeah. he started going to a newcomer center and people are like, well, you're not a newcomer. You're actually a Canadian citizen. <laughs> and those, those little things like, oh, that's super interesting. Like, <laughs> how did you manage that? So, yeah. so as I said, like everybody has yeah. a totally different story that it, it's, yeah. um, it's worth to be, to be told. It's worth to be told because it goes beyond um, labels like that. Right. right. I mean, what makes you, what makes a Canadian a Canadian? <laughs> Is it just that you're born in a country uh, that gives you the the label that, uh, yeah, you're Canadian, although all of your life you lived somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's interesting that, that you're doing that. And I think, as you say, you're in the best environment to, I think so. to have that blog. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. so in, the, in that that part changed, and I think it when you mentioned the blog, then I just going back to that. My original idea was this was just going to be a blog, no podcast, no. Mm -hmm. And now that it's different, now I I need to because I I like creative writing, so I'm focusing my creative writing in a in different thing. So I'm still writing. Yeah, I'm writing short mm -hmm. stories from time to time. Um, I'm I'm working on a novel those kinds of things but that's uh like on the side and it's mostly for me this this mm -hmm. project is going to become a podcast where i interview people i allow them to share their stories and yeah. hopefully people listen to it yeah yeah and yeah exactly and show that they're more than you know what's on that immigrant label right it's more than you're more than a software, more than a project manager. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're, we have all of these, all of these talents and uh, powers. Mm -hmm. uh, and everybody brings something new and perspective right. as well. Right. Right? So um, because we don't have too much time left um, and I don't want to let you go before asking you for an inspirational thought or idea quote book movie whatever it is that you want to share with our audience today um there's a couple that i thought about so i would mm. say if it's okay i can give you two <laughs> well, <laughs> okay the, the first one is it's it's, it's just a quote that i uh, it's from one of my favorite authors it's terry pratchett he says in one of his books that coming mm -hmm back to where you started is not the same as never leaving. 
So I think I like that mm -hmm. one because it makes you think like, okay, if you actually go back to in in your career or anything, it's uh, it's. But if you actually took a different path, then you come back wiser and with more insights for that. Mm -hmm. So I like that one. I, yeah. And also, yeah. also happens when going back to the immigrant part. When I go back to Mexico, mm -hmm. I, I I see Mexico in a different way. Yeah, I was gonna ask you <laughs> that. Yeah, it's, and I think it happens <laughs> the same to you. It's, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you see it because I'm coming back to where I started, where I lived 35 years, and mm -hmm. uh, now that I'm been away for so many years, then it's uh, okay. So. It's not exactly the same. I still love it. I still love the country, mm -hmm. but I see it with different eyes. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. It's not like you never left. It's not if you never left, you wouldn't have had that perspective. Right. Mm -hmm. And the other one that I thought about, and I actually thought about while we were talking, is from a movie mm -hmm. that is called Remember the Titans. It's about football mm -hmm. because I'm a huge football fan. Um, uh, like yeah. you mean soccer? No, no, I mean uh, or American, American football. football. Okay. Yeah. No, no, American. Because <laughs> for me, football is soccer. Sorry, <laughs> know, but know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. Uh, no, in this case, I'm talking about American football. Mm -hmm. It's about it's about um, two high school teams, two high schools that actually get merged. One is an all white kids high school. The other one is an all black kids high school. And it's a it's a true story. It comes it happened in the south of the United States, because uh, the south took longer to accept uh, uh, school uh, merging. Uh, anyway, that's a different story. But what happens in the in the story that I like it's uh, they start getting along at the beginnings like uh, black kids against white kids, and but then the coach starts helping, starts putting them together, and then the captain changes. Mm -hmm. The captain is, is a white guy and he became best friend with with one of the black guys. And that is so cool because when his girlfriend starts questioning him, he says a quote that I love. He says, when something unexpected, unexpected comes along, you just have to pick it up and run with it. <laughs> and I really love it. Every time that something in my life happens that I'm not expecting, yeah. I just think about that that scene is like okay i'm gonna pick it up and yeah. run with it yeah and uh, <laughs> that's actually great advice and it's as if you're planning for the unexpected right i mean what can you okay whatever comes up i'm just gonna pick it up and and run with and it run yeah with that's me. uh yeah that's uh mm -hmm. and because it, everything that happens in life is unexpected like yeah you might you may plan for something mm -hmm. but uh it's never gonna go the way you plan Mm -hmm. So the easiest way, and I was, in my case, the healthiest way that I see things is, well, it just happened. I just need to run with it. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing this with, <laughs> with us. It's, uh, it's, yeah, it's very inspiring. And again, very descriptive. And if you can watch the movie, it's so good. <laughs> Remember the Titans, you said. Remember the Titans. Okay. It's with uh, Denzel Washington. So it's, a, it's a really yeah. good movie. Yeah, yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. And thanks, no for, thanks, for, thanks for being here. Thanks for sharing your, your story. Um, and it was just a, a wonderful conversation. Thank you for that, Oscar. Uh, thank you very much for having me.
You're welcome. Bye. Bye. What were your choices and how did they help you discover the skills you have? How much did those choices build who you are today and how surprised were you by that? And did you like those surprises? Because yes, no matter how much we try to plan our lives, They truly are unpredictable. And that's when our skills muscles will help us deal with whatever comes our way. As Oscar's inspirational quote from Remember the Titans says, when something unexpected comes along, just pick it up and run with it. What are you picking up and running with right now? Well, whatever it is, please make sure it's how else but all personal. Until next time.